when you were baptized, most likely you were dressed in something that was white. And if, it, if you didn't have something white on, perhaps your parish provided some sort of vesture to be placed on you that was white right after the water was poured over your head. And at that point, you were told, first, your name was mentioned, the name by which you were dedicated to God for the very first time since you were baptized, your name. You have become a new creation and have clothed yourself in Christ. You have become a new creation. You weren't just cleansed, you weren't fixed up, you weren't made like new. You were made a new creation. And it wasn't just your mind, it wasn't just your soul, but the complete you, the creature, the created from the creator, your body. How terribly important is your body? Everything you learn and experience about God and love and hope and forgiveness, you learn through your body. Jesus didn't just have intellectual conversations and he just didn't say to people, okay, all of you, you are healed, all of you, you are forgiven, and then go away. No, he laid on hands. He used spittle. He breathed on. He touched. His body came in contact with the seeker's body. Today, in like manner, when we celebrate the sacraments, they're terribly touchy, messy things. In baptism, we're washing and anointing and confirmation and anointing of the sick. We're, taking, we're laying on hands. We're anointing with oil. A Eucharist involves eating and drinking. Matrimony only reaches full sacramentality when husband and wife come together for the first time. Ordination, we have the laying on of hands, touching, anointing. This is why we can't do confession over the phone. You have to be there in person with another person. This body is not a burden on the soul. It's a part of who we are. As Catholics, we define death as the separation of body and soul. We have Halloween coming up relatively soon, or if you go to the... Uh, uh, drugstore. It looks like it's right around the corner. But what spooks us most at Halloween? Moving bodies without souls and spirits, ghosts without bodies. But at the end of time, what is to happen? We are to be reunited, body and soul, for eternity. As Mary was assumed into heaven, so shall we be with our bodies. Now, granted, it's going to be a glorified form of your body. So if you're unhappy with your body, don't worry. I am personally hoping for better posture and more hair. John Paul II has this wonderful teaching, very involved, called Theology of the Body. It's phenomenal. He posits that if we are made in the image and likeness of God, that it must be stamped into our very bodies. And the more we understand correctly about our bodies, the more we're going to understand God. And the more we understand God, the more we're going to understand about who we are. I highly recommend looking into that. This body of yours, no matter how much you like it or dislike it, no matter how much trouble or pleasure it gives you, it is marvelous. It is the means by which you are going to get into heaven. 
It is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And at this Mass today, it'll be the tabernacle of the Lord. With our bodies and the will of God, we create, you have created new souls, new family lines, and given enough time, maybe new nations that wouldn't have existed. It is that through which you receive grace. And conversely, it is through your body that you practice love, that you practice charity. It is why we worship at this Mass with our bodies, standing, sitting, kneeling, bowing, gesturing, eating, drinking, sometimes having our bodies sprinkled with holy water to remind us of our baptism, hearing, speech, song, bells, smell when we use incense, touching at the sign of peace, walking in procession to receive Holy Communion, singing, responding. Why do sometimes we make such a big deal about the way people dress for Mass? Because how we adorn our bodies is part of our worship. Some will say that it shouldn't matter, and maybe it is so in a popular American culture, but it does matter. So is it any wonder then that St. Paul urges us today to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, your spiritual worship? In Scripture elsewhere, we are urged to pray always. You can't pray always, all day long. I can't pray always, all day long. I've mean, I got to write checks and visit people and whatnot. So, one way we can do that is through our bodies. How do you adorn your body for others to see? How do you carry yourself both in public and in private? How do you treat your body? What do you feed this holy creation? To the extent that you can, how do you work at keeping it healthy? Are you careful to what is it is exposed through computers and TV? and magazines. Sometimes when people come in for marriage preparation, I'll ask them, have you discussed what your discipline policy is going to be when children are introduced to your family? One, so that you have a plan when it comes time, and B, you have a united front. But it's the same with the body. I think St. Augustine it was that said, the worst thing about sin is that the body remembers, right? Do you have a plan to discipline it when it craves something that you know is not good for you? Remember one time, I think it was in junior high school, I went shopping uh, for some clothes and I came home and I came out to show my mom this baseball shirt that I had bought and across the front it said animal. And she said, you are not an animal, take that off. I go, I know I'm not an animal, it's, it's, that's not what it means. She would broker no quarter, right? She'd take that off. You are not an animal. We are not animals. We do not have to do what our bodies demand. We are human beings made in the image and likeness of God. And we are not to be led by our urges. And so we have a disciplined plan for our bodies. And do you use the sacraments to cleanse body and soul? For after telling us to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, Paul adds, do not conform yourself to this age, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. 
He mentions body first and then the mind because the further your body is off track, the more difficult it is to be free and holy in mind because we are one, we are whole. When you step outside of these doors today, you will be tempted through your body in all kinds of ways, in entertainment, advertisements, in fashions, in excess of food and drink, as we found out in our part of the country, in drugs. The popular, popular culture is going to push sensuality and sexuality in many different ways. And when we get trapped in these things, they rob you of your freedom, your holiness, and your joy. Ask anyone who is trapped in one of these things. They are not minor things. For a light example, once again, I think of my mom, my mother, the sweetest, kindest, most, I know everyone's mother's great, loving ladies, but, and she drank coffee like you would not believe. If she could have had it intravenously, she would be happy. And one day she thought, I got to give it up. I'm drinking way too much coffee. So she went cold turkey. And all of a sudden, she turned into this grouchy, awful person. I go, Dad, what's with Mom? She's given up coffee again. Just stay clear. I went, okay. So as when you have been working in the yard all day and you want to get cleaned up, you don't just brush your teeth and wash your hands. You take a shower so that you're clean all over. When you are trying to become a holier person then, it isn't just part of you that needs to be holy. I said a Hail Mary today and then go on with it, right? It takes a holistic approach to be holy in mind, spirit, and body. To be holy as your heavenly Father is holy and in whose image and likeness you are made.